What the hell happened to the Friday the 13th movies? I got into horror movies kind of late, but when I did, Friday the 13th, those were my movies. But it was one through four because, like, the fifth one was like a comedy or something. And I don't know that I could stand by the first four nowadays. I think I'd probably still like the first one. I love the atmosphere of that movie. You know what's weird? Season five of Columbo, that's when things changed for Columbo, too. It's not that it was no longer good. It's just that one through four was, if you're a fan of the show, they did nothing wrong for four seasons. Isn't that crazy? Can you say that about any other show? It seems like, well, maybe Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was virtually perfect. The only episode I had a problem with in Breaking Bad was the last episode. I didn't have a huge problem with it, but it was just slightly below the bar they'd set. You remember when he finds the keys behind the, uh, what do you call this thing? Visor? Anyway, I was thinking about the Jason movies because I was thinking about lightning. I don't know what triggered that originally. But I was thinking about lightning, and so I looked up the introduction to Friday the 13th, part 6. This is the one where, first off, this blonde guy at the beginning, is that the kid from Return of the Living Dead? I kind of think it is. But this kid is driving to Jason's grave. Now, nothing has happened to make him need to do this. He just decides that this person who is dead and not bothering anybody needs to be dug up and set on fire. So he digs him up. He jams a metal rod in his chest for no reason. And then lightning strikes the rod and Jason comes back to life. You know the Miller-Urey experiment? Is that where this idea comes from? I thought it went back to Frankenstein, but that's wrong. In the movie Frankenstein, 1931, Victor Frankenstein apparently uses lightning to bring the monster to life. Although, it's a little confusing because he seems like he's also kind of plugged in. I've never read Frankenstein, but my understanding is that scene is not in the book. I feel like this is a thing in popular culture, um, lightning bringing things to life. It might be that all of the popular culture that I'm thinking of actually gets it from Frankenstein, but Frankenstein... Mary Shelley, Percy, what was her name? Mary, is it Mary Shelley or is it Mary Shelley something? Look what I do without Google. Mary Shelley, Mary Wollstone, Shelley, Mary Wollstonecraft. There's too many syllables. A couple things about this. I'm all over the place. This is, this is me when I've woken up late. I haven't had enough coffee. Frankenstein. Frankenstein was written while Mary Shelley and her writing buddies are off in Switzerland, is it? She does talk about lightning in the book. Mount Tambora. It erupts in 1815, I guess it must be. And it affects weather all over the world. 1816, it's called The Year Without a Summer. I watched this thing. There's a show called Across the Fences. It's from Vermont. It's been on TV. I mean, I guess it's on TV for 65 years. Does anyone have a television anymore? 
Anyway, this show, they had an episode about the year without a winter, but they were talking about Vermont. Obviously, you know, it's cold in Vermont to begin with, but it was June, and they had feet of snow in June. So this is crazy. There were famines and stuff. That is when Mary Shelley was writing Frankenstein. And something I read, this was an NPR article, they were kind of speculating about the ways in which that weather event affected her writing of Frankenstein. What stood out to these people talking about it was not lightning, it was cold. So this is the year without a... It's the year without a summer, right? Yeah, this is the year without a summer. It's an especially cold year. If you read Frankenstein, as I have not, <laughs> apparently this will stand out to you now, knowing this, that you know there's all these references to cold. The article said something about Victor Frankenstein and his monster meeting up in the Arctic or something. I think the book might be a lot weirder than the movie. I think Victor Frankenstein uses electricity in the book. Where'd this idea come from? Electricity and life? Was this always there? I think this idea comes from Luigi Galvani. It's about 1780. It's during the American Revolution. So right kind of in the middle of the American Revolution, this guy in Italy, he must have a battery, I guess. And uh, one of the wires, maybe it's his assistant, maybe it's his wife. I feel like I've heard different things. One of them touches the wires to the legs of a frog it's been cut up so it's just like a frog leg and the leg moves i just remembered what got me on this topic there was a bbc article about lightning deaths in india bihar and uttar pradesh these are states in india there's a website called lizard point you can do all sorts of geography quizzes i actually have studied the states of India. The names are familiar to me because of that. So in Bihar and Uttar Pradesh in 2020, there were over a hundred people killed by lightning in just a matter of days. And every year, over 2,000 people are killed by lightning strikes in India. There's more than 2,300 in 2018. How does that compare to the U.S.? About 30 people are killed every year in the U.S., through lightning. Actually, I was watching a I was watching an X-Files that's about lightning. It's called DPO. You know who's in this? Jack Black. It aired in October 1995. DPO. There's this kid that can like, he controls electricity or something. Five people die in some particular town of lightning strikes. Now this kid is controlling the lightning. He's causing him to die. Of course, the deaths are being ruled accidental, and Mulder thinks it's suspicious. Scully says five people died in that town by lightning in one year, and that was supposed to shock them. Now, I don't have, like, towns for India, but in that episode, Scully says that 60 people die every year in the U.S. Did it used to be higher, maybe? The comparison with India, I was doing some very rough math. And if you're looking at absolute terms, that doesn't make any sense to do. India is way larger in terms of population than the United States. So you would expect more lightning deaths, even if the rate of lightning deaths was the same. So you can't go by that. But I, I did some very rough math in my head last night. And by my estimation, the rate is roughly 10 times as high 
in India. I think they probably actually get more lightning because places don't all get an equal amount of lightning. Lightning strikes the earth 100 times a second. But where is that lightning disproportionately striking? The places that come up as the locations of the greatest frequency of lightning strikes are Democratic Republic of Congo and Lake Maracaibo in Venezuela. I had a student who made fun of me for saying Venezuela. I think she spoke Spanish, so she said Venezuela. The Lake Maracaibo lightning is sometimes called the Catatumbo lightning. I think it's usually called that. There's a river there called the Catatumbo that, that empties into Lake Maracaibo. Where's most of the lightning in the U.S.? There's a region of Florida known as Lightning Alley. This is the location in the U.S. of the highest frequency of lightning strikes. You know what I find a little confusing about all this is my understanding is most lightning strikes do not strike the earth. It goes from one spot in the sky to another spot in the sky. That's true of other weather too. We think of deserts as places where there's no rain, but that's not actually right. A desert is a place where the annual potential evaporation is higher than the annual precipitation. So it can rain in a desert. It does rain in deserts. It's just that we can think of it two ways. The rain hits the ground and then quickly is evaporated, or the rain never hits the ground. It condenses, starts to fall, and then it evaporates before it hits the ground. So some weather has nothing to do with the ground. Now, presumably the places that have the highest incidence of lightning striking the ground or also places that have the highest incidence of lightning altogether, including lightning that goes from one spot in the sky to another spot in the sky. You know, lightning strikes airplanes once a year. This is like a, an average. This is the Federal Aviation Administration says this. On average, every commercial flight is struck by lightning once a year. I don't think it's a problem. I think the planes are designed so like you don't even know it was struck. We are closing in on the conclusion of what feels like the worst episode yet. I was talking about the first time meeting people. Well, I was talking about remembering the first time meeting people. There's a first time we meet everybody, but we almost never remember it. I said I remembered meeting Cassie. I think that's probably my earliest first meeting memory. But I realized I have another one. I have two more. One is Tim Gronkowski. <laughs> I think this is the first time we met. I'm pretty sure. I went to the Vogue in Middleton for high school. And I met Dom Priolo. And Dom Priolo said, come on down to Courtney Drive. Courtney Drive was like the hangout. Not for my friends. We didn't know about it. But for Dom and Tim and... Davey and Melissa and Bill and oh my god all these people you kind of forget about you know like oh yeah that was like my social world for a while <laughs> and the first time I went down there I met Tim I remember him there's this picture of Tim and Chris and Dan and Davey I think and they're going to see Poison and they're all dressed up I remember Tim being dressed like that 
the first day I met him. He probably wasn't, but that's how I remember him on this day. And the thing I remember about it is throwing a barrel back and forth. We played catch with a big plastic barrel. <laughs> Makes me think of how we come up with toys for kids that are sometimes really elaborate. <laughs> All the kid needs is like like a rock and a stick. And I'll just like hang out in the backyard playing with that stuff. I remember on Bow Street, when we moved to Bow Street, there were these concrete slabs in the backyard. <laughs> I would spend hours. I had a rock and I was banging on the concrete slab and I was trying. It was very slowly like chipping away. It was probably like two inches thick and I was banging and banging and banging and just spend all this time like it must have been so irritating to the neighbors I don't think anyone ever said anything <laughs> I came so close to it was like at some point I outgrew the banging the rock on the concrete slab thing but I remember like when I was older I would still go past that concrete slab in the backyard and I always think oh, there it is I almost made it I'm sure there was a span of time where I was thinking like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get through to the other side of that concrete slab. <laughs> That's what life's about, are these unachieved goals. <laughs> I never got through to the other end of the concrete slab. But I didn't care about it anymore. That's the other part of it. Life is about... I think Data said this. I watched an episode of Star Trek the other night. It was the one where Data is learning how to be funny. And the writers of that show were so not funny. They they had this comedian who was supposed to be funny, teaching Data how to be funny. It was just absolutely, absolutely terrible. There's an episode where Data says something about how life isn't about, like, the goals. It's about, like, the journey. I know, it's a cliche thing. You can find that in other types of entertainment, too. It's, for some reason, it's it stuck with me when my favorite robot said it. That's true, though. Life isn't about getting to the other side of the concrete slab. It's about the struggle of working through it. There's a photograph... So everyone knows Ben Franklin experimented with lightning. Well, he experimented with electricity in general. And it wasn't like a side project. He was really into this. He made contributions to understanding lightning and electricity. He coined a zillion terms, like positive and negative. That's him. Charged, electrician. These are words coined by Ben Franklin. While they're conducting the experiment, it's him and his son, William. Franklin said that before the lightning struck the kite, or the, the key dangling from the kite, the little, we'll call them hairs, started sticking up on the string of the kite. You know what's crazy? August 20th, 1975, Sequoia National Park, Morrow Rock, a party of four hikers. One of the hikers is named Mary. Her hair stands up. Another hiker's name is Michael. Then his hair stands up. And then Sean's hair stands up. 
And then they say, let's get a picture of this. It's 1975. I wonder if this was instant photography. These people had probably bought this camera because Dick Van Dyke was promoting instant photography in television commercials in the 1970s. These people probably saw that 1974, I believe, Columbo episode where Dick Van Dyke kills his wife and stages the crime scene using instant photography. Earlier episode. Anyway, they snap a photo of the hair standing up. It's getting stormy. It's cloudy. It's dark. The temperature drops. It starts to hail. They're heading back. Sean is struck by lightning. It's called the McQuilkin Brothers Photo. M-C-Q-U-I-L-K-E-N. I saw an article that called this the only photograph of this phenomenon. I don't think that's true. It might be the only time that we have a photograph of somebody who was, like, moments later struck by the very lightning that was a product of the electrical charge that caused the hair to stand up. Maybe. It's probably the first one. It's funny. It's kind of like we have all these documented instances of police brutality. We have all sorts of other documented things, but, you know, that's a very salient example right now of how democratizing photography, making it available to so many people, has led to documenting things that would never have previously been documented. It's one thing to have Franklin talking about the hairs on a string standing up, just talking about it in words. It's another thing to see a kid's hair stand up in a photograph. The kid's smiling, him and his brother, both of them, hair standing straight up. And then that kid's struck by lightning. So I think the lesson today is set goals and then outgrow them and give up.